Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. You want to turn to Luke 18? That would be good. We're going to go from verses 1 uh, to 8. And the title of the message is Pray Through It. Got to pray through it. And this is a parable where you actually get the meaning of the parable right away. Most parables, you know, you kind of go through it. And then you figure out, okay, this is what it's saying. You got the interpretation. But right away in verse 1, it says, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. You have to always pray and not lose heart. The them here in the verse is the disciples. And lose heart, that phrase means to give up. You have to always pray and not lose heart, not give up. Because the reality is, is that at some point, every Christian faces quitting points. Every young, old, new in the faith, old in the faith, at some point, you are tempted to give up on the faith. Here's why. Because life's hard. And I say this all the time, you know, it's, it's good to be evangelistic. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have that heart, but you better make sure if you're telling somebody, hey, if you're going to come follow Jesus, that it's going to be no cakewalk. Life is hard. Langston Hughes captured it in the poem, Mother, Son. He said, life ain't no crystal stair. It has sta- uh, tacks in it and splinters, boards torn up and places with no carpets on the floor, bare. There are moments when you hit the strong winds of disappointment. There are moments where the storms of setbacks beat against your window. There are days when it feels like following Jesus is like sweeping leaves on a windy day. Hard. And in those moments, you know what Jesus tells you? He says, pray through it. He says, pray and keep going. Pray and not lose heart. Say to somebody, pray through it. Pray through it. You pray through it because prayer feeds faith. You pray through it because prayer defeats discouragement. Jesus tells us to pray. And in this parable, he tells us who we're praying to. Verse 2, it says, He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. There's that where I get this idea that life's hard. You meet this, these two characters. You, you meet this, this judge, you meet this widow, and her life's hard. She says, give me justice against my adversary. She has an adversary. Do you know that you have one? Life's hard because we have an adversary. He attacks you. His name's Satan. He tempts you. He accuses you. And when those moments come, do you know what you got to do? You got to pray through it. 
You got to pray through. You got to say, God help me here. In the middle of this temptation, in the middle of this spiritual attack that I'm going through, help me not to give up. Help me not to give in. Because why? Because we sung it. Because I'm fighting the battle that we've already won. You got to pray through it. Then you get this judge. And the judge in the text, there's a, there's a contrast and a parallel between him and God. A contrast and a parallel. I'll give you the parallel first. It says, the widow kept coming to him and saying, give me justice. Now, the thing about this guy is he's not a nice guy. He's not shoveling driveways. He's not bringing patties over to your house. You know what I'm saying? He's not a nice guy. It says that he neither feared God nor respected man. What did I tell you? He doesn't care about God. He does not care about people. But here's the thing. This is the only one person she can go to. She has limited power, limited resources, no connections. This is the only person she can go to. Do you know why? Because he has the authority. And this is the parallel. Like the judge, God has ultimate authority. The Bible says our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And when you choose to pray through it, when you choose in the middle of the struggle to pray, know what you're saying? I'm saying I believe that God, my father in heaven, cares deeply about me, is with me like we sung, and he has ultimate authority. So I'm going to him and nowhere else. And going to God is wise because God is the one who's going to set things right. Verse 7, four, four, it says, for a while he refused. But after he word, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Notice that phrase, her continual coming. What does that tell you about this lady? She's determined. She is diligent. She is Disciplined, and that those three words, determined, diligent, disciplined, is what gets her what she needs. Here's where I'm going with this. It's not enough for you just to set goals in your life. It's not enough for you just to journal your dreams. You got to get out of bed and put your feet on the floor to get what you want. And there's a lot of people who are like, I got all these goals, but they're just not kind of coming through. And then you look at their life, you're like, what are you doing about it? Because mostly you're just talking about it. And then they're wondering, why am I not getting where I want to go? Well, you got to do something. Right? It's not enough just to keep hitting snooze. Get up. And go get it. She shows you that. that. You know what the beautiful thing is about Gospel Luke? He's always bringing up these ladies who are teaching us stuff. He highlights women the most, and always they're doing the thing where he's saying, watch their example, follow that. This lady gives you a good example. Diligent, she's determined. She's like, bro, I'm coming every day. At his house, at his job, he, he can't duck her nowhere. She's just waiting on him. Here he is, give me justice to get what she needs. Verse says, after a while, says he refused in verse four, and then he decides to help. Verse 5, he says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now, it says that she keeps bothering him. I want to stop here because it gives me a chance to say something to you about prayer. When you're persisting in prayer, you're not bothering God. You're not bothering God. 
Richard Trench says, we must not conceive of prayer of overcoming God's reluctance, but as laying hold on his highest willingness. God loves to hear your voice. God loves to see you being humble, saying, life's hard. I need help. He loves that. God loves to come to your aid. And so what do you do? You say, Lord, I stretch out my hand to thee. No other help I know. Every, you're not bothering God. Loves to hear you. This judge, though, remember I told you, there's a contrast and there's a parallel. I'm getting to now the contrast. Because he only helps because he's thinking about himself. Right, I mean, I got the text right today. <laughs> he only helped because he's thinking about himself. He said, yet because she keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. That phrase, beat me down, means to give somebody a black eye. But he's only thinking about himself. You know who he is? He's Claire Kendry in passing. He's selfish, cold, and hard. He, this man is a picture of why the world is so upside down. He's a picture of why life sometimes is so hard because it's full of people who refuse to do what is right. It's full of people. Remember, he ref- she needed justice and he refused. He refused to do what was right. The person in power, the person who had the ability was like, ah, I don't care. Don't you live in a world like that? Where you turn on the news and you're like, why won't that person do what they're supposed to do? Because they're selfish. We live in a world that is upside down because people refuse to do what's right and a whole bunch of people are always thinking about themselves. That's why there's so much injustice in the world. But let me tell you something that should make you feel sweet. It's not going to stay like that forever. Because Jesus has stepped in and has started the process of turning it right side up. And here's the thing. Do you know you have a part to play in that? Every day you have an opportunity to do what is right in front of you. Every day you have an opportunity to live like your king and not be selfish, to consider others more than yourself. The process has begun. This judge is not like God. That's why if you notice in verse 6, Jesus says, and the And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cried to him day and night? Jesus calls the judge unrighteous. You know what God's called in scripture? Righteous. Because God helps the widow. Just read your Old Testament. Because God helps the weak. Just think about your life. We are the weak. But God has helped us, right? He helps, helps us, again, not because we annoy him, but because he loves us. That's why Jesus says, verse 7, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? The answer to the question is, yes, God will give justice. And what this means 
is God, when, when it's all said and done, he is going to vindicate his people. You are going to be shown that it's right what you're doing, choosing not to stay in your bed, but to sit in these pews, be under the word, sing, come, fellowship, and encourage one another. God is going to show and prove that that was a wise way to choose to live your life. Here's the other side of this, because sometimes we don't want to talk about this side of God. He's also going to judge the people who mistreat his kids. I said, to the, I said this last week, and I'm not afraid to say it again. God really loves you and really cares about you. And when somebody mistreats you because you are in the faith, God is clocking that. There's receipts being taken, and he is going to, and we have to say these things honestly, truthfully about God so we have a balanced view of God. He is going to judge those who mistreat you because he's the God of justice, and he cannot ignore that. And so he has to do what is right. It says the elect in verse 7, cry to God day and night. Sometimes. I know you know this. Prayer is painful. Prayer is painful because injustice in life is plentiful. And again, we got to pray through it. Now, here's a question you got to ask. The elect are crying to God day and night. Question is, what are they praying for? They're crying out. But what are they asking for? Well, they're praying what Jesus told them to pray. They're praying, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All you got to do is go backwards. Luke 11, verse 2. They're just lifting their voice. You know what they're praying? They're saying, God, make it right. They're saying, God, wrap this thing up. Your kingdom come. They're saying, God, turn it around. I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like I can't keep doing this. While everybody seems so at ease that are not in the faith, I just feel like maybe it's just easier to go live that life. Don't you feel that some days? Don't lie to yourself. That it just might be easier to say, you know what, I'm done with all this. That's what they're praying. They're praying, your kingdom come. Do you know that this is supposed to be your daily prayer? We ask for bread. We ask that God would meet our needs. Do you ask that he would, just, he would just bring the full reality of the kingdom into the world? That God's full reign would just come on display? That should be one of your regular prayer points. In the struggle of life, we're always just like, just take this off of me. How much times do you turn and say, God, just wrap it up? Your kingdom come. Because here's the thing. God is going to intervene. It's a promise. You read from Genesis to Revelation, it's, it's a guarantee God is going to intervene. But here's something that you got to remember here, though. God is moving at his own pace. God is moving at his own pace. Notice that Jesus says, and will Verse 7, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? He says that God will give us justice speedily. But notice he does not say immediately. 
speedily, not... When Jesus says he'll give justice speedily, he's saying according to God's wise, good timing. God knows how to act. God knows when to act. God knows where to act. God does not move on our time. But we know the saying, right? He's never late. God might not move on your time, but he's always acting in your best interest. Do you know that? He loves you. He's wiser than you and me. I know, I'm like it sometimes. I'm like, bro, why don't you just hurry up? I'm honest. Maybe you or you don't want to be. I'm, t- I'm, I'm just, mm, you just got to do this thing. But God's like, no, I'm trying to teach you how to be patient. I'm not a patient guy. Maybe all of you out there, you know, I'm real patient. I'm, I'm, I struggle with that. It's sometimes hard to trust. Don't you feel that sometimes? I'm waiting on this thing. But in the, middle of the, in the middle of that, that's what God wants. He wants to grow your patience. He wants to grow your trust. See, the judge in this text, remember, this is the contrast. He moves slow because he doesn't care. God moves slow because he does care. Let me prove it to you. 2 Peter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Why? Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. When we pray, your kingdom come, God doesn't sort of bring that immediately because he's giving people chances to repent. Think about that. The people who hate God, want nothing to do with God. He's saying, I could wrap this all up and it would be very, it would be terrible for you, but I'm actually giving room. I'm giving you time to come to the faith. His patience is, his moving slow is driven by love. Giving people time. Now here's the thing. I'm not going to lie to you on this. While we have to wait, there's going to be more hard days. There's some people who preach to you and they lie. I'm not going to do that. There's going to be hard days. You, again, you live in a broken world. More, more struggles are going to come. Creation is waiting for its redemption. There's, it's not all love for the people of God. Hard days are going to come, but in the In his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Martin Luther King said, we must not permit the adverse winds to overwhelm us as we journey across life's mighty Atlantic. Sanjay, you can come now. We must not permit the adverse winds to overwhelm us. There's going to be adverse winds. There's going to be difficulty. Remember how the the parable started. He told them a parable to the effect that they always pray and not lose heart. What would cause you to lose heart? Those hard winds. As you travel across life. I know that right now in this room, there's at least one or two people who are thinking, I'm thinking about giving up on this thing. We must not permit these winds to overwhelm us as we journey across life's mighty Atlantic. And here's the thing. We fight those winds by praying through it. By saying, help me, God, not to give up. 
Help me, God, to endure. Help me to realize that you're doing something bigger than me, that you are, you are at work, that you're actually saving people while I'm waiting to be with you forever, while I'm waiting to be in this place of peace, while I'm waiting to be in your presence in joy, while I'm waiting to lean upon Jesus Christ and say thank you for all that you've done for me. I, while I'm waiting, you're working. And so help me to endure as I go through. And again, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not having a hard week. My week's not been as difficult. My month has not been as difficult as yours has been. But let me tell you that as long as, as, as you wait, as time goes, it's coming. You don't, get, you don't get passages like this in scripture because that's not going to happen. Jesus doesn't tell you that you always ought to pray and not lose heart because no tough times are coming. The beautiful thing about Jesus is he tells you what is true, he prepares you for what's coming, and he walks with you through it as it comes. And so we give thanks to a God who will tell us what we don't necessarily want to hear, but we need to hear. You have to always pray and not lose heart. We pray your kingdom come because the king is coming. Just look at the Bible, look at the verse. Look at verse eight. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, Jesus is coming. Ask yourself, do I believe that? He has come once, he will come again. When the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? Here's the crucial thing. Jesus doesn't ask this question because he doesn't know. Will, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? He doesn't ask the question because he doesn't know. He does know. He's going to find people who have not given up. Given up. He's going to find people who have endured. The thing is, the question is, will you be one of them? Will you be one of them? Will you be standing there saying, yes, I have prayed through it. I have leaned on God in the struggle and he has kept me. I've asked God to hold me and here I stand in front of my savior and my king who loves me and who is going to give me the justice that I need, that I've been waiting on, who's going to vindicate me for my faith, who's going to re reward me with beautiful, beautiful crowns, the scripture says. The question is, when Jesus says, will I find faith on earth, will you be there? Will you be one of those people? That's what, that's what the parable does. It actually leaves you with a challenging question. Will you be there? Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. All those who wait for him. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he might lie or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? Everything God says he's going to do, he will do. He promised that the kingdom will come and it will. Do you want to be in it? Will you hold on? Will you pray and not lose heart? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for your word that challenges us. Lord God, for your word that forces us to reflect on ourselves, to reflect on our life. 
to look and ask, am I in that spot where I am thinking of giving up, where I'm thinking of losing heart? Or am I in that place of prayer? Am I in that spot where I'm praying through it, where I'm choosing and by your strength, by the power of your spirit, asking you every day to fill me, to trust you so that I can endure? God, I pray for those people who are in a spot where they're steady in their faith. God, I pray that you would prepare them for the times of testing that will come. That might be in a minute, that might be in an hour, it might be in a week. That way they would respond with faith and endure. I pray, God, for those who are struggling, thinking about giving up, thinking about saying, I'm done. I pray that you would move them to pray to you and ask for strength to endure to keep going, to fight the mighty winds as we go across life's mighty Atlantic. God, sometimes life feels like it's mostly edges, but I pray that you would help us as your people to endure, to trust that you are with us, to believe that you are going to turn it around, and to pray and ask that you would, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.